Welcome to the Exitable Business Podcast. This show is made with one purpose, to help you prepare your business for a quick and highly profitable exit, where we deliver you proven strategies and expert interviews on how to maximize the value and attractiveness of your company, all while improving your work-life balance. And now, here is your host, highly sought-after business coach and certified exit planning advisor, Patrick Rogers. Jeff has worked with over 300 CEOs in helping them uh, have structures and a process to create accountability within their company to achieve amazing results, a proven process for how to implement it, this in their company. So uh, Jeff's been on Shark Tank and Jeff is about to release his own book called Count Onable. Jeff, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks so much, Patrick. It's great to be with you. Awesome. Well, hey, I always love to start these off with a, you know, a quirky kind of fun question. Uh, tell us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Uh, well, this is about me and my wife. Um, we are foster to adopt parents. Okay. Who would have thought at this stage of my life, I'd be raising a one-year-old, but we have a one-year-old, beautiful little girl. Oh, wow. Immensely. And, you know, my adult children, um, were great. And I will just say this, I have learned so much about bonding with a child by not handing off the, it's time to change a dirty diaper. And by making sure I was there to feed her. And like, I'm just like, that is the most incredible, fulfilling experience more than anything else that you can have. Yeah. Man, and, and I, I got to give you kudos. I, I forgot to tell you that's the question I usually open with. So <laughs> Jeff did awesome. Man, I, I, I got such respect for that, dude, because um, I, I'm, I'm an empty nester myself. You know, I'm, I'm 46 and it's been so tough, like, like to the thought of going back to that. But you've done it. And not only that, you've embraced it. And it sounds like it's it's changing your life. I can see you're kind of like emotionally like having feelings that, yeah, you're tearing up a little bit about it. That's awesome. hundred percent. I will just tell you that we got this beautiful little baby on December 23rd, like right yeah. before. Wow. And she was eight months old and, you know, had just needed help. Yeah. And we took her from not being able to crawl and not really being able to roll over or lift her head up to yeah. now trying to run away from us. Yeah. Like just, and by the way, the most lovable, like you could just eat her up. She just, anyway, and it's, by the way, it's beautiful seeing my second wife. Yeah. Never been a mom decide wow. to be a mom and what that's done in our relationship has been extraordinary. So um, it, it's somebody. crazy how we go through, uh, you know, we evolve as human beings and, and what, what made us happy. And then the things that we were striving for 10, 15, even, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, totally different to really what's important, man. Kudos to you, man. Well, and all the stuff we're going to talk about today fully supports me and you and others saying, oh yeah, I'm doing all this business stuff what's because why? I'm creating yeah. a life. Yeah. Just a business. Yeah, man. That's awesome. 
Very cool. Well, hey, you know, I gave just a real brief background. There's so much there. I can't, I'm so excited for today's talk. But, but if you would, Jeff, you know, could you go through and maybe give our audience, uh, you know, a little bit more about your journey and, and what brought you uh, where you are today? Yeah, thanks so much. So first off, I want to thank you for the plug about my book, which is coming out middle of June. Yeah, it's count onable and people often wonder like, what on earth? I've never heard that word before. So when I came up with it, it really came out of what my superpower is. And the journey I've been on because I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, right? At eight years old, I wrote yeah. all professional sports teams. And I said, Hey, can you send me stickers? Yeah. Now, these are some really cool stickers. I mean, you know, shiny, mylar, all that beautiful, right? So when I got a stack, like could choke a horse, um, <laughs> I said to my mom, hey, I want to put them up on that wall in my room, like cover the wall. Right. And she promptly said, no, just there. That was it. There was no discussion. Okay. So putting them on the car was also a non-starter too. So I put them on my notebook. Right. And I brought, them to, I brought the notebook to school and my friends started buying them from me. And I made 50 bucks and my dad says, Jeff, you're an entrepreneur. And I said, wow, what's that? Uh -huh. And um, I've been kind of living it ever since. And like you said, I, I, in my adult life, I've started six companies, had tremendous success and even greater failure. Um, and um, what I've learned in the whole process is, in especially doing podcast interviews is people can absolutely learn something when I share my success. Mm. But when I share my failure, yeah. And what I got out of it, totally. They can actually do something with that. Yeah. So I want anybody that's listening today to be listening from like, what can you do yeah. with the stuff I have totally screwed up and yeah. messed up and you know own. Yeah. Day. Yeah, because they're, I mean, they're, they're, they can relate with it. There's, there's probably a lot of people who are in that exact same circumstance, and they don't know what to do. It's true. And, you know, when I was on Shark Tank, and um, Kevin O'Leary called me radioactive, because when my software company failed in 2007, I went bankrupt. Um, Robert Herkovic made said, you know, something that to me was profound at the time. He said, the measure of a man is not how many times you fall, but it's how, how many times you get back up. Right. Yeah. And it was really amazing because, you know, they have you on camera for, you know, 45 minutes and they cut it down to 10. Yeah. But he and, and Kevin really got into it like for a while. It must have been just an awesome experience, man. I, it's, it's one of the only shows that I watch. Well, having, having those guys get into it and knowing that, you know, even though I didn't get investment on the show, like they were looking at what we were doing and the success we were having yeah, and saying, well, this is the guy we want to feature as our very first success story. Hmm. To me, that was really, you know, that's huge. Yeah. Well, I was saying, hey, wow, like we created what a success story is on Shark Tank. Yeah. We didn't get funded and we got called names. So, yeah. 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 
Yeah. Well, so, so you kind of mentioned the failures thing and I would love to dig into that. You know, what's, you know, as we kind of start digging into what, what are some of the biggest failures that you've had that you think people can learn from and that you've learned and you now help other people with? Well, the number one thing I'll never, ever do again. Yeah. Is the number one thing that caused me to go bankrupt. I mortgaged and remortgaged and remortgaged my house when I had a very fast growing profitable business Mm. instead of seeking outside funding. Mm. Yeah. As you grow, there's a cash need. It's not whether you're profitable or not. It's that, you know, we had, um, I don't know, a total of 100 Fortune 500 and Global 2000 accounts. And, you know, they pay you when they decide. Right, right. right? On their terms. Right. Or you to negotiate your terms really does take something. Yeah. So, you know, it was just easier to take money out of my house. And right. listen, it's a lot easier to take money out than to pay it back. Um, I would never do that again. So, but I will say this. Um, it's, you know, just from a, like, how do you grow your business? Where does the money come from? It's okay to modify the growth rate of your company to what you're capable of doing. And some people don't get that. They just say, no, we're going to lose. We're not going to get this. We're not going to get that. But they don't always think about, you know, what the strategy is for growth. They're in the moment and it's almost like survival. Mm. Mode. Yeah. They're surviving the growth of their business or they're surviving just being in a business and it's running them instead of them running it. Mm. So there's two, two totally different things there. I want to dig into both a little bit. So, so if, so if I'm a business owner, because I've been there. And in fact, when I scaled one of the companies that I acquired uh, in order to do it, I didn't want to go. I was so young. I was a young pup. I didn't want to go and get outside funding. So I leveraged a house and guess what? I ended up losing it. I mean, I, I have found a way to figure it out, but the company went insolvent and I had to end up paying for it. Right. So I, I want to dig into that a little bit because now you're helping other CEOs, right? Correct that and do it right. So, so if we put ourselves in the mind of that CEO, because at the time, right? It's like, oh, we're, we're unbreakable. We're, we've got this. It's no problem. We're good. I'll just leverage my house. It's no big deal. But put ourselves in the mind of that CEO. What would be like the, the one, to, the next step to find outside investors? What would you, what would you have them do? Well, I'm going to take a different direction if you don't mind. Feel free. Yeah, man. What, whatever's best. When this direction I'm going to take you is going to get you to that answer. Yeah. Awesome. But it's not just simple answer to your question. So here's the thing. When you're really profitable and you're growing, think about who you're being in the world, right? Mm. You could be cocky. You could be um, very confident. Like nothing is going wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so when I was being that, because I promise you, I was, I was an asshole. (laughs) Okay. I and and in 2013 I took a program called the Team Management Leadership Program. It was after my divorce, and I was now dating my current wife. She actually did this program with me. 
in the program, like the very first quarter of this two-year program, yeah, I got to look at myself and I noticed something. It was really hard. I was really shitty to people. Mm. And I feel awful about it today. Wow. And um and I wasn't a good boss. Mm. People wanted to work for me because I was confident and I was cocky and I was this and I was that. And I'll just yeah. tell you something. Yeah. If if you if everything you touch always turns to gold, you don't have to listen to anything more here. Yeah. But if you've ever had any concern that what you do might not go and the impact that has on other people, mm. you just want to know like who you're being to other people counts. Wow. Yeah, it's so profound, man. And, you know, it's still like chokes me up today and kills me because I noticed I was a lousy boss. Mm. And, um, but in that program, when I, when I noticed that, I, I was able to start rallying around it. And I came up with an idea and a plan and my company C-Level Roundtable was born. And I instantly had about 50 CEOs and entrepreneurs and business owners that I was getting together in small groups, looking at what wasn't working. Yeah. And we figured it out. Yeah. It's not rocket science. It was really important though. It's communication. Yeah. So we all communicate from whoever we are being at that moment. Mm. And most of us communicate from kind of an emotional state. Mm -hmm. And so it's not always structured. It's not always a lot of things, but if you want to have a business that's sellable at some point, yeah, you want to have employees on your team that um, have two things with you. First off, they're aligned with what you are wanting to do. Sure, your strategy, focus, direction, all that. Yeah, vision. And you want to have trust, mm. right? So I created some frameworks in the book there's the alignment framework, the trust framework, and the combination of two, the trust alignment framework. Wow, awesome. And when you look at those frameworks, what you'll notice is that they look really great. They're really simple, right? Sure. But the only thing that really matters is your outcome that you're aiming for. And if you communicate from what you want in the outcome, instead of an emotional state, mm. have effective communication. Mm. And what's missing in most people is what they call effective communication doesn't always operate as effective communication. And so their relationships with people cause their employees not to feel like they're A players, to feel like I got hired, I was an A player, and now I'm being treated like I'm a C player. And you're, you're so right. Uh, you know, different companies go through different stages, right? But once they get to a certain size, the main problem in a company and the main fit, the cause of failures 
is is the health of the company, the culture, the people, the trust, exactly what you're talking about. Let's, I, all day long, man. I'm just totally That's resonating it. with what you're saying. Yeah, so in this brief interview that we have, I'm not going to be able to tell people all of the hows. However, I have studied and participated in a lot of meetings and reading about other systems like the entrepreneur operating system, EOS, and scaling sure. up. You know, they're all great systems and they all say things like you want to have the right person doing the right job at the right time. The thing I found that was missing for me and for my clients sure. was, well, how do you know you have the right person? How do you know mm. that you the right thing? Mm. How do you know it's the right time? So in working with these 50 CEOs and, and business owners and entrepreneurs, we actually identified how. We figured it out. Wow. And so my book is called A Practical Guide. Let's count onable, A Practical Guide, right? Well, it's a practical guide. It actually gives you step by step. What do you say? How do you say it? How many meetings do you have? What are you supposed to accomplish in those meetings, right? What's the number one thing that you can do that will cause your employee to go on hiatus mentally and you won't get what you want? How do you turn an A employee into a B employee? Because wow. we do it all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, if you know how to, how can you actually prop them up so you're creating leaders and leadership that create leaders and leadership mm. in your company? So now you're in a position that you can grow your company or you can have other people do it. Very cool. When you go to exit? Yeah will mean that you don't have to have a five-year earnout. Well, and, and this is, yeah, and I'd, I'd love to dig in even a little bit more to give the audience some kind of a couple gold nuggets from your book too, but but I'm just going to echo and resonate with you what you're saying because part of creating that exitable business, exactly what you said, is having an entity which runs completely without you. And you can't have that without a count honorable system without a system in place that has everything that you're talking about. And then these are the things that we're striving for. And typically you're, we're doing it with clients, you know, or, or business owners that are just doing it. They're winging it. They're doing it without themselves. So you've put an actual process and structure together that puts all of that nebulous stuff that's out there into one system. Yes. And I will tell you where it stems from. So your failures. Well, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. It also stems from my resistance. Mm. So there's a, a statement, whatever resist, you resist will persist. And I have resisted accountability my whole life. Yeah. It was always someone else's fault, right? Yeah. yeah. When I took this two-year program, I got really intimate with what it was to be accountable. Yeah. And then I noticed, you know, you hear the word accountable on the news every night. Sure. The, the lead story is someone needs to be held accountable. Yeah. Now, my experience of being held accountable is kind of like being held at gunpoint. Mm. It's not fun. No. No one wants to be held at gunpoint. So why would you want to be held accountable? Right. So people resist it. Sure. Now, as CEOs and business owners and entrepreneurs that are starting something, we want our people to be accountable. Mm. We just don't put the environment in place that supports that. What we do is we call them up at four o'clock on Friday and say, hey, remember three weeks ago, you were going to get. <laughs> where is it? Yeah, where's it at? 
And now what you've done is you've just backed them up on their heels and they are like on a call with a customer, working on a deliverable, whatever they're doing, it's not that. Yeah. So you wanna have an environment in place where your people are confident in mm -hmm. what they're capable of. Mm -hmm. They actually know what they're great at, what they love doing and what they have strengths in that support that. Mm. More importantly, they know what their weaknesses are, they know what they're not good at, and they know what they hate, and they're confident about that. Mm. So say to them, hey, Jeff, can you wash the dishes? Yeah. They can say, I can. It's just, you probably don't want me doing that. Probably not my strength. Yeah, 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 yeah. They may end up with a lot of crap still on them when it's done, right? Right. So the, the point is, is that um, we do that to people all the time. And that's how we turn them from A players in, into B players. B players. And we do it from the very hiring, the very start of when we're hiring them, mm. because we decided we want to hire this person. Yeah. And now we're in that final interview and they want the job. And you know, they do. Yeah. And you want them and sure. you know, you do. And then we say to them, hey, by the way, can you wash the dishes too? And what are they going to say? Sure. Absolutely. I got your back. Right. They're not going to tell you that it's not what you want them to do. 98% of the time, they're going to say, sure, I'll do that. Now, yeah. you just turn them from an A player into a B player because they're going to start disappointing you from day one. Mm. Now, on the flip side, when you have an employee that knows their strengths, knows what they're good at and what they love doing, and they're confident that there's no penalty for telling you what they can't do or won't do. Wow. What, what an atmosphere would that be? Well, what do you think that employee would call the job? Probably be their dream job, right? Very fulfilling. Everything I've been looking for. Absolutely. What are the odds they're going to go looking for another job tomorrow? Now, you don't need to focus on finding a replacement for them. All of the money and time and energy you spend on that can now be used elsewhere. So, Jeff, um, you know, a lot of CEOs and business owners, especially in today's day and age with COVID and everything going on, we're experiencing a lot of attrition rates can, can you and retention rates. Can you talk to that for your clients and what they've experienced by, after they've implemented your system? Sure. Absolutely. I'm going to give it to you from actually two business partners I work with. They have been partners for a bunch of years. Yeah. I've been working with them now for maybe four years. Yeah. And they're, they're just amazing guys. Yeah. They're a small business, under 10 employees. Sure. So they, they count on each other, right? Um, one of them is a really strong driver in sales, and he is great at it. And he's the CEO, and he runs a business. Great guy. The other one is more of a marketing operations guy. And he's a little more, you know, in the, in the weeds of things. In the trenches. Yeah. Different strengths. Yeah. So when the CEO used to get upset, he would actually yell at his friend, who's his business partner. And by the way, I did shit like that. Um, and then the business partner would be AWOL for three or four days. Yeah, it's just totally different uh, oil and water type personalities. Sure. When that happens. 
I kept talking to them about the outcome. Uh-huh. What is the outcome? Right. Right. What's our, our North star? Effectively, like, where do you want to get? And one day I get a phone call. It was the CEO. He goes, Jeff, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? He goes, well, I stopped myself before I caused our COO to go AWOL. Yeah. I said, oh, what happened? Well, I was really mad at something. Yeah. And I raised my voice and I, I heard it. I actually heard it. And then I shut up. I took a deep breath, apologized, and we went on to something else. Now, that was awesome because he got that the outcome was that his partner was still engaged. Yeah. But the amazing thing was an hour later, I get another phone call. It was from his partner. Uh -huh. You're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. Wow. And, you know, what it speaks to, Patrick, is um, when people are regularly in a conversation about what they want, because mm. there's a spectrum, mm -hmm. there's what you want, or there's being right. Mm. So when you're right about something, mm -hmm. you don't have space for other people mm. you're very directive mm -hmm. you're very, you force outcomes in your right. mind you you're convinced on this is how it's going and there's no other way right yeah but if the outcome you want is something that has people enrolled and engaged and involved right does being right serve that mm. probably not probably not yeah and the thing is, I've got like tons of clients I work with on this. And when I do, and they start seeing the win, mm. it only has to happen once. Yeah. They get hooked. And by the way, I still catch myself and I'm highly trained in communication and what is effective or ineffective and thinking about the outcomes, but I still get triggered. And the very first chapter of my book is called Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> it's how I developed my number one trigger. And people can go to the website and download it and they'll love that. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, it's like when we get triggered, now we're locked into like being right becomes number one instead of what's the outcome. And in writing the book, I identified this trigger from a very early age in my life. And I, and I now, and this goes into my personal life too. Yeah. 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 My wife, she's, I love her to death and she knows how to trigger me and she doesn't do it on purpose. She does it because she wants something, but it doesn't serve her outcome. And when she triggers me, I now I'm able to say, Hey, honey, you've just triggered the hell out of me. Mm. Do you really want to have the conversation now or can I cool off first? Well, it's very interesting. So, so, um, you know, in, in recognizing habits in life, that's probably, that's one of the most important things. There's lots of things, but is identifying that trigger. So is that uh, trigger uh, equally important in your system, being able to identify these triggers that would normally have led you to do something else or, 
So it's the number one thing that causes us to waste two to three hours a week. Yeah. And by the way, as the business owner or CEO mm-hmm. or manager, mm-hmm. when you trigger your people and put them back on their heels, you're likely to get 20 to 30 minutes of reasons why. Mm. So your time gets wasted, wasted. time. Totally yeah. wasted time. You have five or six employees. There's your two hours a week. Yeah. Now, by the way, that doesn't take into account the hours and hours of them replaying the conversation in their head. Yeah. About how they've disappointed you. Yeah. And they're not really thinking about the job. They're thinking about their relationship to you, their relationship yeah. in the company, you know, and it's the stuff that pushes people away that has them start wanting to look for other jobs. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's, it just sucks. Absolutely. I mean, this is all really good stuff. If there was like one gold nugget, like I, I'd really love to give the audience a little bit more of a, a preview or like uh, one of the gold nuggets or of advice from your book. Uh, that we can pull out to really entice people. Because I, I can tell, you know, we talked a little bit before and everything that, that, that this system from a leadership, communication, accountability within a company, I mean, this is what the difference is between a company being successful and not. If you could pull out one gold nugget, a piece of advice to a CEO uh, to, to give a little, a really good preview of your system in the book, what, what would that be? So... You know, everything that we do Mm. um, impacts other people. Mm. I define effective communication, right? As basically knowing that someone else got it. Yeah. However, Mm. here's the nugget. And I'm going to tell you a short story. Yeah. To elicit that nugget. Okay. Um. My foster daughter and I were with a friend of mine and his seven-year-old daughter. She's one. uh, His daughter was seven. We went to dinner over the weekend. They're in a wagon. He's pulling the wagon and I'm up there talking to him. And I look back and my one-year-old is standing up in the wagon while it's moving. Okay. Not safe. (laughs) No, not not generally. Probably no helmet, of course. No helmet, right? And oh, by the way, this is the state of your employees, okay? They get up and they do things they're not ready for, and it's okay, there's no problem, it just is. The seven-year-old had said she would watch the one-year-old and she mm-hmm. was doing a great job, mm-hmm. and, but she's on her device playing a game. Yeah. When I looked, I said, hey, stop. My friend stopped. Mm-hmm. I took the baby and had her sit down. Right. I looked at this seven-year-old. I said, hey, did you notice that? He goes, yeah, I told you. I said, oh, okay. I, I didn't hear you. Wow. I said, hey, can, can I ask you a favor? She said, what? I said, well, if that happens again, can you make sure that you, you hear me say that I heard you? Yeah. Wow. Make God. sure getting, getting the confirmation that that, that that person heard you, that communication went through. Right. So here's what she said. She looked at me and she said, got it. And then went right back to playing her game. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just, I didn't stop not to be a schmuck or anything, but I said, Hey honey, can I ask you a question? She goes, sure. 
I said, well, what'd you get? And she thought for 15 seconds before she answered me, mm. which illustrated to me that it was in there someplace. Yeah, yeah. It just wasn't front of mind. Right, and she sure. said that I should make sure you heard me. Yeah. I said, perfect, thank you. Now that's effective communication. Mm-hmm. Not only is it effective, but it locks in the result. Because now not only do I know, but she knows that I know. And the one tip I'll give everybody right this second is make sure people know Mm. what it is you actually said. Don't be a dick about it. Right, right. Just, just have, yeah, it's, it's so funny. It's, I, I was, I was an officer in the Navy and in any kind of communications in the Navy over radio or anything, when we give an order or say anything, they would have to repeat it back. And, and it's just, if you don't, it, the order was not given, the order was not received. It's not even executable. So very, very sage advice there. Um, you know, Hey Jeff, this has been awesome so far. I'd I'd love to, you know, we're going to wrap it up here pretty quick. Is there anything else that you'd like to, to the audience to know about your book? It's going to be coming out uh, pretty soon. And then also, how, how do they find more about you? And how do we get a copy of the book when it comes out? Well, so first off, I have a really unique offer for your listeners because the book's not out yet. And yeah. okay. before we launch. Awesome. Um, so here's the offer. I, I'm playing a game because, frankly, if it's not fun, who wants to do it? So, so the game is I want to have 100 people post reviews of the book on Amazon when we launch it in the middle of June. And smart. if you are up to play with me, then come to countonable.com and send me a quickie note on the contact page um, or you know, put your email on our email list to get the first chapter. When you do, I'll reply cool. and say, hey, are you interested in reviewing? Awesome. Wow. Send you the entire ebook. Wow. With your commitment that you'll help me and spend the few pennies that it's going to cost when we first launch the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that we can get, you know, get it out there and get attention by Amazon and all the search engines. Wow, that is awesome, dude. Um, so anybody listen to this, you can get a free copy of the book. Uh, you just got to do it by, by, is there a certain date you'd want to have them uh, get on by just as long as it's like a week before or something? Listen, we're going to be launching it on June 14th. Okay. And so we really want in that first week, we're going to have a special offer. The book will be priced for pennies instead of dollars. Awesome. So, you know, we really love in that first week to have the reviews show up. So I would say, you know, by the 10th of June, if you could do this great. If you're a little behind schedule, still not a problem. Reach out because we'd love to have you. And um, awesome. I just want to say, Patrick, it's just been really fun getting to know you today. And um, I, I want to leave your listeners with one statement. Very cool. Stop just being accountable. Mm. Be countonable. Oh, I love that. I love that, man. Hey, Jeff, uh, amazing having you on the show. And I want to make sure people have the address for it. It's count on a bull, just exactly as it sounds. Uh, kind of hard to mess that up, I guess. And it's a dot com, right? It's dot com, right? I actually, 
I, I've actually been able to get the URL. I'm patenting the process. I'm in the trade. Cool. Like, awesome, man. I actually can own a word on the internet at this stage, if that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, Jeff, awesome. This was so much great information. And from a company standpoint, communication, leadership, it, it, and I can tell that you feel so like it's deep rooted in you. I could see it in your eyes when you started telling stories about your companies and your experiences. So it's been a pleasure having you on the show, man. Uh, thanks again for everything and best of luck with the launch of the book. Patrick, it's, it's a real pleasure. And thank you and all of your listeners for, um, for sticking around for the whole interview. Sounds good, man. All right. We'll see you, Jeff. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Exitable Business Podcast with your host, Patrick Rogers. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, check out our main website at exitable.io for much more valuable information and free resources on how you can exit your business quickly and for much more than you thought possible.